Sponsored by JMR Rentals, professional digital cinema and broadcast rentals in Brooklyn, New York. To find out more, visit their website, jmrny.com. Hello and welcome to No Rest for the Weekend, where we go behind the scenes and talk to the creators of independent entertainment. I'm Jason Godby, and today on the program, we want to do something a little bit different for you. So over the spring summer of 2020, like many of you, I was isolated and quarantined. And like some of you, I decided I wanted to make a short film. So I made a couple, in fact, I made a music video and I also made a narrative short. Today, I want to talk about the making of the narrative short, but first, I want to show it to you. It's only about three minutes long. Uh, for you listeners out there, I'll put a link in the description, or uh, you can watch this full episode on NoRestForTheWeekendPodcast.com. So, without further ado, here is Isolation. So, how did I make it? To begin with, let's talk pre-production. This was a very different process than I'm used to. There was no real script. Everything was written on notepads. The whole idea began with me shooting test shots just to see what I could get away with. I was shooting the entire movie in my home office, which is tiny, and I wanted to see if I could pull it off. I used a puppet because I didn't want to act in the film and I don't happen to live with actors. I shot some tests with the puppet to see if I could operate the puppet and the camera at the same time and still get a decent shot. I also wanted to see what the puppet would look like on camera and see if I could make it work as a character. Could I get an audience to feel for what is essentially an inanimate object? I'll also say I don't have a ton of experience in puppeteering. I'm not Jim Henson, so I wanted to audition myself to see if I could make it work. The first sequence I shot was the journal dream sequence. I shot the puppet typing at the computer and waking from the dream. I shot it and put it together and thought, well, this is weird. The sequence looked really strange and it looked particularly strange because I didn't have a soundtrack. Chris Gillard, who usually does all of our music, was in the process of moving, so he was tied up. I then turned to our associate producer, Adonis Paris, who's quite an accomplished composer. He liked the idea and the sequence, and after I sent him the video, he came back the next day with the score. It was that fast, and it worked. I couldn't believe the difference it made. We only had about a minute and a half of movie at that point, and I thought, well, what else can I do with this? Uh, how could I make this a movie? I thought about the puppet and what I could do in the room. It was pretty limiting, but after a while I came up with some stuff that I thought could work. Before we get into the real production aspects, let's talk a bit about gear. I filmed this with three Canon cameras. Not an endorsement, I just happen to own Canon cameras. The main camera was the EOS R, which I had on loan from JMR Rentals. If you're watching this online, I'll link my review to the camera below. It's episode 621 of the podcast. My B camera was a Canon T3i, which was the first DSLR I ever bought. I'll explain why I used that camera later. And my C camera was the Canon 80D, the camera I used to shoot just about everything for this show. For lenses, I used three prime lenses from Canon, the 28mm, the 50mm, and the 85mm, all at f1.8. I also used a vintage Yashica lens, it was a 50mm, but more on that later. For lights, I 
don't own a ton of lighting gear, but I do own a set of Flashpoint softboxes I bought from Adorama years ago. Flashpoint is their in-house brand. They're pretty inexpensive, and for the majority of the filming, I use these little hardware store clip lights uh, with uh, regular soft white light bulbs. I also use some basic dimmers that you can find at places like Home Depot. If I needed to shape a light, I didn't have barn doors or anything like that, so I used black wrap. For the scene with Jack watching TV, I actually operated the puppet with one hand and the dimmer for the light with my other hand to get that flickering effect. I used a small HD monitor, which I borrowed from a friend of mine. I had it on top of the camera, which came in handy so I could see what I was doing. And for stabilization, I used my Benro tripod. You'll notice there are some composite shots in the film. Those were done using a green screen that is also on loan to me from JMR. I used it for the shots where Jack is watching the robots, and I also used it for the stop motion shots of the robots as well. For sound, I used an SM58 microphone and a Rode shotgun mic along with a Zoom H5 recorder. Let me also say, don't get too hung up on gear. I used three cameras and a green screen for this, but you don't need all that to make a low budget short. Shoot it with whatever you have. Also, you may have noticed I mentioned I don't own a lot of this stuff. In fact, most of the gear I used is borrowed, and a lot of it is super cheap. The softbox kit is the cheapest you'll find. It's not amazing as far as quality or durability, but it works. Uh, I take care of my stuff, so it's lasted me a long time. The scoop lights are like 12 bucks at Home Depot, as are the dimmers. Also, if you're new to filmmaking, realize a lot of this stuff is gear that I've acquired over the years. I didn't buy all of this at once. The title sequence. I wanted to use titles to give the movie some context. The film is called Isolation, so I wanted to let people know why the character is isolated. I also thought it would be funny if you had some serious tone text at the beginning and then you, know, you see this puppet. And of course, Adonis created some great music, which really sells it. We open on a shot from the movie Plan 9 from Outer Space by Ed Wood. The film is actually in the public domain, so I didn't have to license it or anything. I like how cheesy it looks. The music in the Space Invaders from Space trailer sequence is also from Plan 9. The voiceover is me doing uh, my best trailer announcer voice with a bit of a phase effect on it. Puppets and the Kuleshov effect. A word about puppets. Using a puppet isn't easy. It's essentially an inanimate object that can't act, but it does something for the story. It allows you to use the Kuleshov effect. The puppet I used can't really change its expression all that much, but because of that, audiences can project their feelings onto it. The podcast sequence. For the podcast sequence, I wanted to make fun of myself a bit because I have a podcast. I also wanted to make fun of the fact that there were so many podcasts started during the pandemic. To shoot the sequence, you see the zoom recorder and the mic. It's lit with two lights just off camera, and the background is just the gold part of a five-way reflector hung on a light stand. I dub the dialogue later in post. In fact, all the voice work is done in post. The journal slash dream sequence. As I mentioned, the journal dream sequence was the first one I shot and by far the most involved. It combines a number of different elements and effects. For the first shot of Jack at the laptop, I used two scoop lights, one in front and one as a hair light. I also used some Christmas lights in the background to give it a bit of depth and I used a camera light for the laptop screen light. The typing sound you hear is Foley, that's just me typing on a keyboard using the shotgun mic and the zoom to pick up the sound. And as we get into the dream, uh, you see the aspect ratio changes. 
we go from widescreen to a 16 by nine aspect ratio. I wanted to use this as a kind of shorthand to show you we're in a different reality. The first shot is a composite that's Jack propped up in front of a green screen. The flying saucers are again from plan nine. And then we have our army of robots shot, which is a composite as well. Let me start by saying I am no great special effects guy. These shots are pretty simple. They're time consuming, but they're simple. To begin with, I only had one robot. The robot is a figure I made. I bought a cheap plastic armature from Amazon a while back and I sculpted the robot in clay over it. In the first shot, you can see that only one robot moves. Uh, that's our hero robot. The rest are just kind of standing behind him. It would be more noticeable, but the shots go by quickly. All the stop motion was done using the Canon 80D and the images were edited together in Final Cut. Then we have Jack's reaction shot, which I lit with the scoop lights. I desaturated the colors again to keep it in that dream reality. You'll notice in the robot shot, there's a star field in the background. That's just a, a background I found in Final Cut Pro. You can see the ground that the robot is standing on in the first robot shot and a bit in this group shot. That's an old t-shirt that I put on top of a small table because I don't have a green mat uh, that I could put on the table that would work. The flashing effect is one I found in Final Cut as well and Adonis's music and sound effects really sell the sequence. The weird close-up shot of the robot is where I use the T3i. I'm using a technique called lens whacking or free lensing. I use the Yashica vintage lens for this. So to do this technique right, you'll need a manual lens with a manual aperture. It's pretty easy. You just open up the aperture as wide as it'll go, and then you hold the lens in front of the camera with the camera in video mode. You hold it and kind of move it around You'll get some very interesting light leakage and some cool motion blur. It also looks quite filmic. It looks like you shot it with like an old 16 millimeter camera. For this shot, I had the robot on a table and I put the softbox behind it to give it that big white light effect. I used my T3i because it's my oldest and least expensive camera. When you free lens or lens whack, your camera sensor is exposed, so it can be a little bit dangerous. You don't want to get anything on the sensors. I'm pretty protective of my gear, so I don't use this technique with my more expensive cameras. For my music video, Isolation Blues, I used lens whacking almost exclusively. There are a few shots with the EOS R that are the black and white shots, but the majority is made up of lens whack shots. To get the super close-up shots, I would turn the lens the wrong way around, which turns the 50 millimeter lens into a macro lens. When we transition back to reality, we're back to widescreen, and this was all shot on the OSR. For that shot at the window, I shot in Canon Log so I could get some better dynamic range and bring some detail from outside the window. Then we're back to the wide shot of Jack at the laptop. I used the deep breath action as a transition. The toughest part of these shots was keeping him in focus. I had to use autofocus and then once I'd set up the shot, I'd have to hold him in place and then tap the touchscreen to get the autofocus to work. Post-production, I did all of the editing in Final Cut Pro 10. It's been my editing program of choice for a while now, but you can use just about anything these days. There's nothing I did for this movie that you couldn't do in Premiere or DaVinci or Avid. I think one of the keys to making a film by yourself in isolation is patience. I took my time with this movie. I had no deadline, so I could really take the time I needed and, and get the shots that I wanted. It's a very limited form of filmmaking, to say the least. Um, I wasn't able to do a lot with things like camera movement, so uh, all the shots are basically locked down on a tripod. It shot very simply with the lights that I had, and if the shots look good, 
it's because I was able to take my time and put some thought into them. I, did, uh, I didn't do it alone. I did have some help from my friends. So I want to give a big shout out to Adonis Silen Paris. His music and sound design really make the movie. And of course, I want to shout out our sponsor, JMR Rentals, for supplying me with some of the gear. For more on them, you can visit their website, jmrny.com. I hope this gives you some insight into the process. Uh, this, this film was made quickly using uh, what I had available to me. This technique of filmmaking is called resource filmmaking. I actually wrote an ebook about it, and if you're interested in reading more about this method, you can uh, get the No Rest for the Weekend Guide to No Budget Filmmaking by sending an email to info at BehindTheRabbitProductions.com with the subject guide, and we'll send that out free to you. And that's all we have for you today. Thanks so much for taking this trip down the rabbit hole. For more of our content, including our movie reviews, visit our website, NoRestOfTheWeekendPodcast.com. Don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. For Behind the Rabbit Productions, I'm Jason Godby. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.